Well, thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Paul Bibby, uh, Managing Director and CEO of Acora Resources. Acora Resources is an iron ore exploration company um, with several tenements across Madagascar. Uh, our flagship project is the image behind me, is at Becky Sopa in South Central Madagascar, significant uh, outcropping iron ore along the six kilometre strike. And over the last 12 to 18 months, we've been drilling there some 6,000 metres and have confirmed that the iron formation continues from the outcrop to some 200 plus metres below surface at very good grades. Cool. Nice to meet you. Thank you very much for the introduction. Uh, it's no good, to ha- good to have you on. Um, uh, so, Becky Soper, the flagship project, can you just tell me uh, r- really briefly how you came to this project and um, you know, a bit of the, about the background on its discovery? Sure. So, my colleague, uh, John Madden, is the CFO. He acquired this project in middle of 2014 from Klein Mining, who had done some work on it. And uh, from their airborne surveys and geophysical work, believe there was quite a strong um, iron ore body there from that magnetic intensity work that they did. The uh, project was first worked by the French in around about 1960, be the BRGM, and uh, they you know, walked the ground, they dug trenches manually, and they drilled 19 very shallow holes to about an average of 19, 20 metres. And it showed that there was quite a strong iron ore uh, footprint along that six kilometre strike. Um, We then listed the company in uh, December of 2020 and spent last year uh, drilling along the six kilometre strike, some 63 holes, uh, around 6,200 metres of drilling, uh, very high strike rate. I think only two holes we drilled didn't uh, intersect the iron because they were a bit too uh, west of, um, bit too east, sorry, of where we believe the uh, ore body is. Um, so they all have hit iron ore. Uh, at surface, we're seeing uh, high-grade iron ore grading sort of 62 to 68%, uh, which is DSO, direct ship ore, just requires mining, crushing, screening to ship the product. Then at yep. depth, we're, we're seeing um, variations in grade depending on whether it's north, central or south. Only slight, but there's little differences there because of there's been some folding and, uh, and the like. Um, but that material uh, is DSO potential as well. But what we've found is that a, a two millimetre crush, just conventional mining, screening, crushing to two millimetres, the iron ore from a grade of, say, 25%, uh, upgrades to better than benchmark, 62% iron ore, uh, finds product. Uh, so it's been very, very exciting. Yeah. And that's interesting. And so uh, um, when I've had a look at a few of the cross sections, it looks as if it's kind of, a, it's it's almost a flat line, but almost like a kind of a, a very gentle syncline. Yes. Um, the, 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 what's the depth down to the middle of that syncline? Yes. Okay. So that's in the south where you're seeing those. And those, um, those cross sections are over 650 metres wide from east to west. And um, like you said, they're at surface at the east and surface at the west. So very good for open pit mining. Dipping yeah. down um, around probably 150 to 200 metres deep. Yeah. Okay. So that, I mean, that, that's absolutely the beautiful kind of um, an open pit profile. So that, that's exactly exactly what you want. But um, you know, and with those grades of around uh, twenty five to thirty five percent in in that section, or sometimes forty percent, yes. Um, yes. is that all magnetite? Um, it is all magnetite. Um, 
In the south, there looks to be one or two bands of uh, hematite mixed in there, but they're only, you know, maybe a 10-metre band. You know, for some reason, there's, there's a hematite coming from the weathered um, surface zone and going to depth. Um, we haven't got all the assays in for those yet. They'll be coming in the next few weeks. But it looks like there is um, some hematite present in the, the southern zone. But uh, the north and central is predominantly uh, magnetite, yes. It's um, the beautiful thing about iron ore exploration is that you can just see it, can't you? I mean, it's, 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 oh. um, it's, it's finding it is the easy part, um, so to speak, yeah. Um, yeah. particularly when it's been discovered or kind of it was indicated or outlined, identified at yeah. first by, you know, in the 1960s. Do yeah. you have a, a, a kind of an orientation map that you could pull up just so I can just kind of get a, yes. a, a, a feel for things? Yeah. So this is um, the island of Madagascar, um, quite a substantial island. Our, our pro main project is Becky Soper, as I said, in south central Madagascar, uh, not far from National Highway 7, which heads to the west to the port of Toliara. Now, that's some yes. 250 kilometres away. Uh, we also have some projects on the east coast, which were the first projects the company had, Tra-Tra Marina and Ambody Lafa. Again, both very interesting iron ore projects. And with the beauty of Tra-Tra Marina is it's only 16 kilometres from the coast. We're focusing on Becky Sopa because from the outcropping, which you can see in that photograph in the top uh, left-hand corner, the outcrop there is grading 66.7% iron. So that's uh, rocks like this one here uh, that I just picked up off the ground, grading 66%. Hang on, hang on let's, let's, let's see that properly. I'm gonna, just going to knock this oh. slide off. Okay. Um, do you want to show me that rock again? Yeah. So this is this is one of the rocks I've picked up. So this grade 67% iron. Um, you know, you could possibly weld this, I would think. I should probably try that. But um, it's just beautiful stuff. And to make that a product, all it needs is, you know, picking up, you know, shovel truck, crushing it to 35 millimetres, and you have a lump iron ore product, grading 67%, um, which today is uh, has a price of 170 US dollars a tonne with a lump premium of some 15 or $20. So... I think quite um, you know, good prices, but also an attractive margin for a you know open pit, no stripping ratio operation. Yeah. Um, just a quick question. Um, what's you talk about Highway Seven going from Bekasopa to Toliara? Yeah. Um, yeah. Is that a dirt road or is it a tar road? No, it's uh, that's a bitumen road. It's um, several lane bitumen road, uh, but we're about eighty kilometres from that road, so we have to have an all weather road to get to that road uh, if we're going to transport by truck. To the port. Yeah. And then it would go to the port of Toliara. I've actually been there. Um, okay. And what is it? So is it a seven metre depth or a 14 metre depth? I, I, I can't quite remember. It was a while back. Look, um, yeah. Uh, initially, if we had an operation that was, say, doing two or three million tonnes per annum of product as we were building up the scale of the operation, we would look to barge the product out to the uh, waiting vessels. So, um, you know, that's the, the depth issue isn't, isn't a I don't believe a problem, but, um, but yeah, we, we just do barging like they do in many countries around the world. They do it for coal in Indonesia and iron ore elsewhere. So it's um, a fairly you know, conventional, uh, common practice. Yeah. What's, um, what's base going to be doing with Toliara? Um, in terms of where they're at with their operation and the port facilities. Yeah, they um, export the export plan. Yeah, look, I, I don't know, unfortunately, Merlin. I should... Um, one of the complications with COVID has been that we can't get into WA and meet with the people who are in charge of base resources. 
Um, so we're waiting for that opportunity to meet face to face and have a chat. Um, so yeah, and uh, learn more of more about what they're doing, but also learn from them about how to progress projects in Madagascar. Yeah, yeah, no, it's um, it's a it's an interesting country. It's an interesting place. Yeah. yeah. So do you want to come back to that uh, orientation slide? That'd be yeah, um. Sure. So just just to be clear, your your focus is on Bekisopa at the moment, and that's where you put in the six thousand two hundred meters of drilling. Yes. And w- what's the what's the plan now for? Um, 2022. Okay. So we have had a, uh, a very extensive drilling campaign at Becky Soper over the last uh, 12 plus months. Um, the assay data is coming in. I've recently reported the central zone and the northern zone uh, assay results in the past two, two weeks. And now we're completing this, the southern zone's uh, drilling results. There's some uh, 38 drill holes there. So quite a bit of uh, assay work and test work to go through, and um, that will be completed well and truly by the end of February. And the objective is then to um, report on the Maiden Jork resource for Becky Sopa um, in mid- middle of March this year. And then following that, we will continue to um, you know, look at the exploration geological information, the metallurgical processing aspects of the Becky Sopa project, and start then doing studies in terms of logistics and uh, mining practices and, you know, potential uh, operational, um, you know, studies leading towards the feasibility study. So in, in terms of the strike length, um, remind me of the strike length. Did you say it was? Um... Six kilometres. So six kilometres north-south. And uh, from the drilling we've done so far, uh, east-west um, strike widths of, you know, 250-plus metres to well over 650 metres uh, probably more like a kilometre in the south. Have you? How, what, what's your line spacing on that drilling so far? I mean, have, have, you, have you done every two hundred metres, every hundred metres? What, what have you been able to do in your? In, both I mean, both of those. Both of those. So north south um, in the north and central, uh, we were pretty much on a two hundred metre um, spacing north south, and east west we were going either fifty or hundred metres. So fairly um, close grid spacing because we knew the ore body from the magnetic um, work that we did was dipping to the west. So um, that, that grid of the 200 metres north-south, 100 metres east-west worked very well. The drill spacing in the south is um, generally at 150 metres north-south and 50 to 100 metres uh, east-west. So some of the grids in the south will have um, six or seven holes east-west going across. And what's the what's the variability like? You know, you you comfortable with that grid spacing? You know, fifty to hundred meters is that showing you that there's good continuity of these lenses and kind of not too yeah. much folding and um and, and thickness variation? Yeah. Now look, it's been um, dramatically dramatically may not be the right word, pleasingly um, predictable. So uh, we started to def- by defining the eastern edge. So that was the shallow east edge of. Uh, the iron formation on the east, and then we just stepped it out going to the west at 50 and 100 metre intervals. And after about three holes, you could almost predict where the fourth hole was going to intercept the iron uh, formation and where it was going to come out. And we're seeing true thicknesses of between 50 and 100 metres um, along that you know, southern structure. But also in the north, the uh, iron formation in the north um, 
70 to 105 metres, um, as we announced in the last announcement on the northern zone uh, last week. We've got cross sections there which are, are quite substantial. And is the northern is it, is it tabular dipping to the to the west? Very much, yeah. That's and a so, good way to, yeah. You, you've, yeah. So you've just just um, stopped drilling because of a, a kind of a depth constraint. You just you thought right, we'll we'll, we'll yeah. drill this down as far as we want to go. And yeah, well, there's the would love to keep drilling. Um, the the first reason we've stopped uh, is that we had a plan to do four thousand meters. And early on with the success we haven't we had, we increased that to 5,000 uh, metres for this year, which is what we've done. We did about you know, 5,000, uh, maybe 100 or 200 metres this year and 1,000 metres the previous year. I mean, 2021 and 2020, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the reason we stopped drilling in uh, mid-November of last year is there's a rainy season in Madagascar. They've already had one cyclone. So from about uh, December through to the end of March is the wet season. And uh, there's one reasonable sized river to cross, which once the rain comes and you know, the waters uh, flow into that river, it's not able to be readily crossed or safely crossed between say December and March. So that was the main reason for stopping. Yeah. And, a, and it provides a nice kind of, well, a, a nice place to have a kind of a data break and put out your first resource. Um, exactly. You're also a bit tight on cash, aren't you? At the moment, you know you've you've you did a good capital raise at the start. And you've kind of you've spent the money, proven the resource, and you, you know you don't want to be going crazy now. No, exactly, and and that's exactly right. We brought forward work from this year um, into into last year, and that decision was made to define the best you know draw resource we possibly could in the time frame. Um, with the minimum expenditure. So we didn't have to go and, you know, mobilise and demobilise a camp and drilling contractors and all of those things where the, the mobilisation is important, but you don't want to do it twice because uh, if you can only get away with doing it once, which, which is what we've done. Now, this year is all about studies. And yes, the uh, bank account at the end of December was um, uh, $1,045,000, uh, which is sufficient for us to get through and just do the studies this year as we've planned. Um, but as the Jork resource is, um, you know, presented, we will consider what is the best way to take the company forward. You know, should yeah. we just do some study work or should we get back into the field and do some more drilling or whatever? So we've got uh, a couple of different budgets. We've got a budget that just gets us through um, and do the, the fundamental sort of initial study phase. We've also got a bigger budget, which um, gets us doing a, a range of work including uh, more extensive studies, uh, logistics, community, uh, processing, mining, and the like. Uh, also some marketing work, but also then going back and doing more field work at both Becky Sopra and Tratra Marina. And um, <clears throat> okay, well, uh, lots of questions. Um, yes. It's is, is, is your project supported from Toliara? Is that where your kind of operating base is? No, our, our operating base is in Antenarivo. So we've got a, an office in Antenarivo where yep. we have a, an administration person and our geologists. Um, and then I've put together a team of in, external consultants, which we use to do this work. Um, a very experienced um, South African geologist who's a, a certified geologist for a number of the engineering companies in Madagascar. Um, he has a, a, a large team of geologists that go out in the field under his supervision. Uh, and they're out also out of Antenarivo. 
Um, the drilling contractor is a Canadian, and um, he's from the east coast of Madagascar, between Antenarivo and um, the Tomasina, I think it is over there, um, on the east coast. Um, yeah, so we've got uh, most of our people come out of uh, Antenarivo or the nearby towns and travel south. How do you get there? Do you drive? Is it kind of a um, is it a drive down or do you fly? It's a drive down. No, we drive down. It's um, um, 850 kilometres, I think it is, from memory. So it's a drive. Um, it's, it's a very interesting drive going through uh, the countryside of Madagascar. You know, Madagascar is a poor country. Um, uh, very enthusiastic um, people wanting to improve their standard of living, which is nice to see. Uh, but, yeah, look, we drive down. Um, we have taken a helicopter once, I think, uh, when we've had some uh, people wanting to come and have a look, but only a short time frame to, uh, to get to site and have a look. Uh, but yeah, the main way is to is to drive, and so the river that is, is tricky to pass is north of Bekisopan. Um, it's probably yeah north northeast. Yeah, so you come off the, the the national highway onto a dirt road, and you basically head uh, west, and uh, that river is I don't know forty kilometres in, and um, about forty or fifty kilometres from the Bekisopan site. Um, during the dry season, yeah, the trucks just drive through. It's a trickle of water, not an issue. Cars, four-wheel drives can drive through. Um, there's a lack of infrastructure in that region, but um, the bridge would be a very simple uh, all-weather bridge that could be built um, to enable access all year round. Yeah, great. Let's just park um, Trata Marina for, for a while. Yes. But let's, So the thing about iron ore is always about logistics. So it kind of makes, makes me think that, a, a good next step would be to, to even just a kind of a simple scoping study, just kind of to, to, to run some what ifs, yeah. you know, what might, what might be is. Um, no, very true. You must be thinking already about that. Kind of what are your, what options would you think of? What, what options are you looking to study? And, you know, what, what are you thinking? What are you thinking already is, is an exit route for this? Yes. Look, um, if, if it wasn't for COVID and people were able to travel more readily, we would have completed the logistics study this year so that at, at the time of releasing the Jork resource, we could answer that question because it's, it's an obvious one, as you've asked today. Um, and we'd, we're looking uh, from the outcropping material and from the weathered zone that we're seeing from the drilling that there's potentially... Um, material in those two areas to provide high-grade lump and fines at the production rate of two to three million tonnes per annum for eight to ten years, which would be a very low capital cost way to start up an operation uh, at Becky Sopa. Then you look to use trucks to go from Becky Sopa to the port, an all-weathered road of about 80 kilometres to the National Highway and then along the National Highway to Toliara, and like, as I said, port facility and barge onto the ships. Um, that's the concept we have. Um, there's also another town a little further north of Toliara uh, where access could be equally as good, if not better, um, and we'd be looking at that. So we've got to do the uh, logistics work in terms of flying the ground, but also bringing in experts to come and do some studies and to look at that. Oh, well, in, in, in some ways, that's, that's the critical thing with iron ore is, you know, what can you, what can you yes. get up and r running quickly for, yeah. for low capex? Because exactly. uh, it, you don't want to be thinking railways and pipelines. Oh, and no, no. Now, look, um, the, the Jork resource that we'll define in March, um, 
In the prospectus back in December of 2020, we said that the drilling program that we had planned, 4,000 metres of drilling, we would get 100 million tonnes. We were pretty confident we could do that. Um, we've added to that, we've got 6,000 metres of drilling now. Um, so we're confident of exceeding uh, well and truly the 100 million tonnes of um, ore in the Jork resource. Um, a number probably more like 150 or a little better. And the drilling grid has only been over 30% of that six kilometre strike. So theoret you know, if you just do the maths and, uh, and we are seeing that the iron formation is very predictable and continuous, and there's potentially um, 500 million tonnes of iron ore, I believe, along that six kilometre strike to a depth of 150, 200 metres, which is what we've only drilled so far. And we're seeing those formations dipping to the west, you know, 70 to 100 metres wide and continuing at depth. So potentially they could still be there at 500 metres, which would add significantly to the future, um, you know, size of the of the resource. Yeah. Yeah. So, and for, yeah, so for us, the, the way is to get to the mining of the outcrop, mining of the high-grade weather zone where we're seeing 64 to 68% iron and uh, lump and fines product initially. And then um, as we get into other areas and depending on how the iron and steel industry goes with the green steel initiatives that are starting now with in earnest, um, we can readily upgrade the you know 25, 30% iron ores that we're seeing there, the 40% to a very high grade DRI product grading 69, 70% iron using magnetic separation. Uh, yeah, the the, the the critical thing there will be grain size. I mean, if you can keep it coarse, so if you can keep it as a fines product uh, rather yeah. than having to go down the... Um, Grinding curve, uh, down the grinding curve, and into and into the world of yeah. pain that is blaining disease yeah. and and pellet plants. Um, yeah. That'll be kind of essential. So a lot will come out from the size fraction analysis yeah. that you do. So yeah. So on on that, Roland, um my background's a metallurgist. So I've worked with the geologists uh, in my in, a, in my past in iron ore operations. So I'm a metallurgist. So I look at what the geologist finds and how that can be processed most efficiently and economically. So we've already undertaken some magnetic separation trials at um, crushing sizes of three to one millimetres. And what we found is that the two millimetres seems to be opt optimal for liberating the iron ore um, and getting better than 62% benchmark grade um, at different locations north to south along that six kilometre strike. So like you said, we can get a, a fines product that's 65% iron quite readily with magnetic separation at two millimetre crush which is you know, what you're indicating needs to happen. Um, and if we go finer than that, um, again, using magnetic separation and going to 75 or 100 microns, or maybe even coarser, because we haven't done the work yet, um, we're seeing 69 and 70% iron uh, grades and extremely low impurities. So, um, yeah, I noticed that. You've got um, low FOS, which is great. Um, um, what, I, I didn't look at the sulfur numbers. What, 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 are, the, what are they like? Okay, can I share another graph with you? Yeah, yeah, let's um, do that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So let's go back to sharing. Okay, there's the magnetic anomaly. Um, maybe we'll just spend half a minute half a minute on that. So that's yeah, yeah. the magnetic yeah. anomaly north to south, okay, over the six-kilometre strike. I've marked up in the centre there the central zone and the 12 holes that were reported on in middle of January. Uh, last week, we did the northern zone, which is the holes there at the above the central zone. And uh, then we've got the very large grid in the south, where 
you know, the cross sections there are some sort of 650 to 700 metres wide and, and, and the same in north-south, um, which is good. So, But a very strong, continuous um, magnetic anomaly and the drilling that we've done to date, both shallow and deep drilling, has confirmed a very consistent uh, iron formation and uh, very solid grades. Okay. Um, if you look at that image on the left, um, you can see the true width is around 70 metres and dipping to the west, uh, and some very good grades near surface of 60 plus percent and the like. Is, is that base of oxidation, so just going back, is that base yeah. of oxidation that you've mapped there, is that relatively consistent across uh, north to south across the whole deposit? Yes, yes. So if you look at it on the left-hand image, um, on the where the word oxidation is, um, that's probably, I, I would say, 20 metres thick. But then in the middle near drill hole 41, it's probably only 10 or 12 metres thick. So it yeah. does vary. Um, you know, probably from about four or six metres to 20 metres. Um, and, but, yeah, it's um, a very consistent weathered zone and we're seeing some very high grades, like I said, 64 to 68%, particularly in the south and also in the north. So if, um, if it's, so just, I'm just going to hark back yeah. on that. So if you're looking at your kind of your starter resource, is it mm -hmm. all going to be above that base of oxidation? Well, it'll be the outcrop, which is well and truly above it. It's at surface. And then yep. you'll go into the weathered zone, which is the base of oxidation that we've, oops, sorry, that we have started uh, to plot here and will be confirmed when the uh, resource geologist does their work. Um, but uh, if you look at drill core at a number of these different holes, you can see where it goes from weathered uh, into, uh, what would you call it, fresh, I guess, material unweathered material. It's a very hopefully, clear function, yeah. Hopefully there's a nice um, colour change as well, going from the red very to Very dramatic colour change, yeah. So the grey-blue. Yeah, so the uh, the weathered zone is is a beautiful deep uh, red, uh, as you'd expect for iron ore that's been weathered, and then below it, it becomes, um, you know, black to, to greys, yep. where the iron ore is, yeah. So if I jump ahead, um, there are the WIMS results. Um, so that's low intensity magnetic separation results. Average head grades there of 35%, upgraded to 66.1% at a two millimetre crush. So that's the sort of product that we can make um, from surface to depths of 40 metres plus, just on this one hole where we did some trials. Um, and it upgraded this to well and truly above benchmark grade and actually into the high grade 65%, which like I mentioned earlier, today was uh, trading at 170 US dollars a ton. That's yeah. nice. And the, left, yeah, and the left hand image is, uh, you know, the surface material there, like I said, that weathered zone, that's potentially DSO, it's grading 60%, and then it gets black, and then it gets you know, versions of gray as the, as the grade decreases in that iron band, in that iron uh, formation. So that um, composite, so just, just, just to yes. clarify, that composite photograph, bottom left there, is, yes. is your, Composite six there, B E K D O four in the middle of the picture, um, yes. thirty one to thirty eight. So it's um, it's seven last uh, yep. twenty four percent, and it upgraded to sixty two percent. Nice, nice, and that's at two. That's at two mil. Now that's a two millimeter crush. The, the, yeah, I, I haven't done anywhere near enough mineralogy. Again, that's sort of the uh, the processing metallurgical work we'll do more of this year to understand. Um, the, the actual iron minerals that are present and the sizing. 
But uh, from what we've done so far, and we've done quite a few of these um, low-intensity magnetic separation trials, two millimetre crush on a variation of grades is upgrading to, you know, 62 um, an average over that 40 metres of, of 66%, which is high-grade iron ore fines. Great. Lovely. Thank you very much. So the next, the next slide uh, is the Davis tube test work, where we actually used assay pulps at 75 microns, which is a relatively coarse uh, grind size for doing Davis tube tests. People normally do them at um, 15, 25, 40 microns. Uh, we found just using assay pulps where... 80% of the material was at 62 microns, um, passing 60, 80% was passing 62 microns, upgraded to 70% iron. So 70% iron at 0.31 uh, silica and 0.003 FOS and 003 sulfur in the bottom right-hand corner um, wow. is a terrific product. And from the limited reading that I've done and discussions I've had with people about the future, of um, you know, green steel, this is a perfect product for that, um, for the direct, direct reduced iron feed grades. Um, so yeah. So for, for, the, for the benefit of um, the, any lay person who's watching this, could you explain yeah. what a David tube test is? Okay, so Davis tube is a, um, a glass tube where you put in uh, 20, 40 grams of sample and uh, you rock that backwards and forwards between magnets. The ma magnetic material goes to the magnets and is recovered. The other material is washed away. And what you then go and do is you capture that magnetic material and uh, have it assayed and uh, determine the grade. Yeah. And why, why do iron ore companies do regularly, why do they regularly do David Tube test, test work? What does it tell you? It tells you the ultimate product that you could get from your ore resource. So the, the reason we've done the uh, Davis tube test is only to define what the true ultimate high-grade product would be from Becky Soper. Um, we're not saying at the moment we're going to have to grind to 75 microns to produce a product because we know we've got the outcrop and the weather zone, which is high-grade lump and fines, and we've got at a two-millimetre crush a very good product, um, high-grade iron ore, you know, 65%. But you do the Davis tube to define um, what the ultimate grade is that you could get from your ore body. Yeah, and seventy percent iron is um, is a tremendous number. Pure magnetite, and you probably could correct me as a geologist, is it's like seventy two point four or something like that. So there's not much room for impurities when you're at seventy percent um, iron already. Great. So um, just the. the the bottom composite. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in the kind of what happens the further down you get, um, uh, as well as what's happening up at the top. But that bottom composite was down at 38 meters. Have you done test work on materials deeper than that? Yes, we have. Yes, we have. So, I've selected um, a hole in the north that was in the centre of the northern grid, centre of the central grid, and the centre of the south grid, um, with the view that that would be what you saw there in terms of the mineral processing results would reflect, you know, north, south, east and west around that. Um, so in the northern um, zone, which we reported last week, um, we had a hole that went to 70 metres and we've done um, wet limbs to, I think, about 40 metres from memory and we did some Davis tube tests to 70 metres. And the assay results 
the correlation between the assay results, wet limbs at a two millimetre crush, and then even the, the, the Davis tube at 75 microns, the correlation is very high. Um, so we're confident that the, uh, the grades at 70 metres or deeper, even at 200 metres, that where we see 40 and 50% iron, um, will upgrade very readily at two millimetre crush. And can you, have you, have you done any kind of petrography or have you got kind of a feel for that two mil kind of threshold? I mean, is it, is it visual? Um... Yes. I, we've done um, last, from the 2020 drilling, so last year, 2021, we did some mineralogy, some petrography uh, on a few of the, the different uh, product samples to see what the uh, liberation was like and what minerals were there. Um, and in, yeah, it was very straightforward. The iron is being liberated at you know that one and a half to two millimeters, even even coarser size. Um, yeah, so we've, we've done a limited amount, and we need to do some more so that we can be confident that because um, we we never had drilled to 250 meters downhole until this sort of October November. So we need to do some work on that as well, just to see how consistent it is from uh, surface to depth. Yeah, but I but from what I'm seeing of the drill core images, the magnetic susceptibility, which you do at logging uh, in the field, um, the, the correlation between the, the magnetic susceptibility in the field, the uh, photographs of the drill core, like we saw earlier, assays and everything else, the correlation is very high. And uh, the reproducibility of getting um, high grade product at a two millimeter crush, and certainly at 75 microns is, is just, it's, it's very pleasing. It's very straightforward. Very predictable so far. Cool. Thank you very much. I feel as if I've kind of um, learned so much more about the 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 um, the, the project and the company. Yeah. Um, I think rather than uh, let's let's talk about Trata Marina maybe the next time. I think the, the, this yeah. this flagship. Let's not confuse <laughs> the message. Let's just exactly. focus on focus on um, Bekisopa. Um, is very anything, much. Is there anything else that, I, um, that you feel we haven't covered that you'd like to? kind of communicate? Look, uh, there's one slide that I think draws the knowledge that we've gained over the last 18 months all together and starts to paint the picture of what the future will be for the company in terms of production profile. So if I could um, maybe just show that one more, one last slide and, and just talk to that for a minute or so. Is that all That's right? Good. Yeah. Okay. So these are images showing you uh, on the left the head grades in the ground, the top image is, is iron. So head grades of 25 to 60% uh, head grade in the ground. After wet limbs is 62 to, to 68%. Then after Davis tube test at a 75 micron grind size plus 70% iron. And similarly, the bottom, the bottom two images, the silica reducing from an average, let's say of about 22 to 25% in the ground, which is not uncommon, to 3.2% at a, at a two millimeter crush, that is better than specification. And then a David tubes test at 75 microns, 0.3 silica and 0.24 aluminum. So very, very good grades as you can see. But this is the picture that maybe we could finish on. Um, what we're predicting is um, potentially five products out of uh, Madagascar, out of Becky separate Madagascar. The first one, as we've mentioned several times, is the outcropping material, the high-grade DSO, lump and fines. We're seeing both hematite and magnetite. Um, average grade of this outcrop is um, 66, 67%. Uh, 
And then we've got the weathered zone, the very high grade weathered surface zone we spoke about. Uh, again, we see that becoming a high grade plus 65% lump and fines product. So those two products there, we see being the initial phase of a mining operation at Becky Sopa for the first eight to 10 years at a 3 million tonne per annum operating size and trucking the lump and fines um, to the port of Toliara, like you mentioned. Yep. Then as we expose the deeper uh, material or the lower grade near surface weathered material, you know, grades of uh, 51 to 60% or 42 to you know, 50%, um, crushing that to two millimetres, you get a very high grade fines or a benchmark grade 62% iron fines. And they're the products that you can see. Very clean, um, meeting all the specifications for silica and alumina and phosphorus and the like. So um, that's how we now see bringing together the information. And then the fifth product is um, from the lower grade, deeper material, you know, grading from maybe 15 or 20% up to 30%, uh, crushing that to 75 or 100 microns and getting a 70%, 69, 70% DRI feed product. Um, so that's how oh, we that's see the story coming together. Mm. Um, thank you very much. That fifth project, that fifth um, product, I think that's uh, far dated. We can talk about that once you've paid the capital back from the first few products. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, look, the, from the... Uh, the low operating and capital cost startup doing DSO, um, producing a 65% lump and fines. You get the you get the extra margin for the lump as well. Um, you'll earn more than enough, I believe, to then invest in the right processing equipment to produce those future products. Yeah. Paul, thank you very much. It's been fascinating. Um, I look forward to uh, seeing the Jork resource in uh, March, yeah. April, whenever it comes out. And um, talking to you later during the year. No, thank you very much for your time. And uh, look, uh, if there are uh, yourself or other investors who would like more, like to learn more about Acora, please be in touch. Um, we're keen to get our story out there. We think this is a quite a promising uh, future iron ore project.